it's hard to get to the point where you're like actually taking care of your body, being mindful of how you're treating your body. Starting up, like working out every day and being mindful of what I'm eating every meal and eating certain things, not doing certain things. Finally getting there now, I can't not be there, but that's helped me a lot. Having structure with working out, that's like calmed me down big time. Being mindful of my body has helped me create structure around recording. It's just how every day goes and it's, and it's made me happy. I like it. I think about dying all the time. This is a, a thing I'm always contemplating. Does that make you appreciate your life more or do you just get sucked into that spiral of really just thinking about death? I don't ever really get sucked into a spiral, but now I'm more so like, well, that makes me think of regret in a way where it's like, I'm supposed to have moments that I'm really proud of. And I'm supposed to have moments that I regret too. It just shapes you. So. Welcome to the Collaborative Resource Hub by Wellness Provisions. We're bridging the gap between mental health wellness, and rock and roll. I'm Amy McBride, owner of Wellness Provisions, the most badass wellness business. Hey, are you feeling a little stuck in life? I offer wellness coaching sessions. Book a session with me if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead. Sessions are available worldwide. And check this out. Wellness Provisions supplies rock and rollers with high quality supplements. We've simplified your shopping experience and given you a trustworthy place to go where you can essentially shop blindfolded. And did you know, all our Collaborative Resource Hub interviews air on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to stay in the loop. Go immerse yourself in the full Collaborative Resource Hub experience over on our website. You'll have access to helpful resources that will inspire and educate you. So let's inspire each other. If that guy did it, so can you. Last but not least, my legal disclaimer, nothing in this interview or the Collaborative Resource Hub substitutes medical advice. Please connect with your GP if you need medical guidance. Marcos, thank you for being here. How are you? Good, good. Doing well. I feel like I'll, I'll find out how I was doing later when I look back. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here. I'm excited to talk to you about wellness stuff are you are you ready for the first question right out of the gate yeah let's, let's do it okay this is like a make or break like if i don't like your answer the interview's over fine if i don't like, like the question i'm just out <laughs> so yeah. it's a good deal all right what does wellness mean to you damn that's a good question <laughs> um I think it took a long time to it took a, me a long time to figure that out like I I think like not having grown up around people that were really taking care of themselves and not really not really prioritizing how they were feeling or in every sense like physically or mentally or emotionally they were just kind of like I said like just coasting the whole time I think figuring that out as time went on as a means of survival is important to me. So for me, like just on a per just personally for me, it's it means like calmness for me. Cause my mind's always racing. I'm always like freaking out about something. So if I can get do things to help myself get to a point where I'm just calm and I can it helps me see things clearer and make better decisions. So if I feel like I can relax for a second 
even if I'm really busy and I'm, I'm, I feel mentally relaxed and I feel like that's what it means to me. I'm taking care of myself. I'm not overthinking something or freaking out needlessly about stuff. That means I'm taking care of myself. If that makes any sense. Any I love that answer. Yeah, thanks. A plus plus. I love it. So how do you, if things are really busy or crazy, how do you like press the pause button to like chill your mind out then? What do you do? I like to work out all the time as much as possible. That that helped me a lot. People always say, would tell you that. They're like, you know, if you just worked out, you know, you, you should work out and take care of yourself. Nobody actually, people do it. People will like take care of their bodies. But it's hard to get to the point where you're like actually taking care of your body, being mindful of how you're treating your body. It's really difficult. But once you're there and you're, I, I get kind of obsessive about things. So like starting up, like working out every day and being mindful of what I'm eating every meal and like, you know, not eating certain things, not doing certain things. I'm finally getting there now, I can't not be there unless I totally fall off. So it's either or, it's extremes for me. I'm either like all into something or not there at all. And that's like a character flaw, I think. Yeah. But that's helped me a lot. Like being, having structure with like working out, you know, that's like calmed me down like big time. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know what to expect and like order and structure that reduces anxiety, you know, and just that not knowing what's coming next kind of feeling and that's uh, my roommate he's like my best friend uh aj he's an amazing drummer he's a little bit older than me he's like only a few years older than me but he he said something to me a couple years ago that i never forgot I, you know I, I was i told him like dude it feels like every day there's something new that's like that i have to deal with and it's driving me crazy and he's like well, the older you get, you just start to realize, like, that's just how it is. And you just, like, what are you going to do? Like, there's always some bullshit happening. Yeah. So I'm like, it's fine. So you just kind of, I just learned to detach from that, too, and not look at myself like a victim of anything. And just be like, well, everyone's getting fucked over somehow. So just deal with it. I've detached from being uh, a crybaby, I think. That's good. Yeah, I being a, a big, say that again. The total crybaby when I was younger, when I was like twenty-one, I was just a a a, a wimp about everything. The my, most minor inconvenience would send me down a spiral. So so emotional all the time, you know. Now I'm just detached from things, just good or bad. I don't know. No, it's. I mean, well, you can be like completely disconnected, which I don't think you are, but like detaching from like trying to control, like you cannot control everything. Like you can control yourself and how you respond, but you can't control like external factors, people, things, politics, whatever. Like you can only control yourself. So it's a big thing for me too, like learning how to control my reactions to things. I barely figured that one out. I was with my friend Helen uh, two nights ago, she planned a show for us, for my old band, and uh, it didn't happen. And we didn't find out it wasn't happening until the day before. And we had been promoting it for three months. 
And so I had to tell the bands I asked to play like, hey, it's not happening anymore. And I had to answer for it, even though it wasn't my fault. But my reaction to it was to shit on the venue and to shit on the people that booked it. And, and I understand why I felt that way. And I think most people would want to do that too. But she told me to my face, she was like, yeah, that wasn't the best reaction to that. And I was like, I agree. I wish, in retrospect, I wish I would have just been like silently, like fuck everybody that, you know, but not to them. I'm right. very direct. So I went up to everyone like, hey, fuck you, you know? And it's like, I probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have done that. So learning to control my reactions to things is a big deal for me. And it's also just the fact that you can like look back at that and inventory the experience and see what you would have done differently. Like I wrote a blog essay about this and it's like um, something like how much do you make yourself cringe or something? And if you're not making yourself like want to throw up when you look back at things that you've said and done, then you're not growing. I so, agree. yeah. So there's a lot of people on, on the internet that are like really hypercritical of people's like personal lives. And I'm just like, these must be perfect people. Like these must, like the people criticize, they must've never done anything they regret or anything. That's crazy, you know? So I, I it's pretty funny to see that. Cause I agree. I mean, my dad was, was a gang member, you know, he does not, he's not proud of that. And it's like, if I, if I was as hypercritical of him as I see people are of my father, like I see a lot of people go like, I hate my dad. And it's like, I get it because a lot of dads are assholes. Mine was, but I still love him to talk to him all the time because my fucking father. So it's like, if I was hypercritical of him for the things that gang members do, which is evil, horrible things, he, I wouldn't talk to my own father. And it's, that's weird and stupid. And I think about him all the time when I think about things I regret, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to extend compassion to other people and their past and yourself and like your past, your past selves, you know, because like. Just mind your own business. Pardon? Mind your own business too. Well, that like, too. That's number one. That's like, I'm not involved in that. And thank God. And because I have a bunch of shit over here that is mine that I have to like not I don't get that like like uh gossipy sort of because I'm too busy dealing with myself like I'm I don't know congratulations you're on a higher vibration a higher frequency than other people who are down here doing the whole like gossip victimhood bullshit so I do a lot of low vibration shit though Trust <laughs> there's just a lot that. of yeah just not that you know? <laughs> but yeah well, so is there like a point in your life that you can kind of point to that you had to make yourself a priority, like put yourself first, your health first for your own sake? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 20, 2015 and 2016, I was, it, I was like, I'm just going to drink every day for the rest of my life, I think. And I just did that. And I was... For two years, I was just drunk every day and high every day. And I was just, I mean, I was depressed. So I was trying to, I was looking forward to the party. But looking forward to the party in like, 
which party am I going to ruin right now? Oh, that one. I'll go there and ruin it. Because without knowing, I was that dude. Or or what, what street corner am I going to pass out on? Oh, that one. Let's do that. You know? Not literally, I, obviously. But that's kind of what it was. So basically, like, I had gotten dumped really hard. And I was bummed out. And then that being bummed out, like, things... Like I said, like, I was a crybaby back then. Like, I got dumped. And then life problems happened. They just piled on top. And I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm just going to do drugs and drink for a whole two years. My dad, who I was living with at the time... He, I remember him marching into my room at like seven in the morning one day and was just like, you have to do something. Like you have to do something. It can't be this all the time. And I mean, he was, he said a lot of other things. Like he was very mad, you know, and that didn't help. What helped was like, I remember going to a friend's show at an art gallery and I didn't even see the show. I passed out in a ditch outside of the show and none of my friends helped me. Because they were tired of your shit or what? Tired of me. I'd be tired of me too. I'm tired of anyone that does that. Like, as soon as I see that, I'm just like, I'm not hanging out with this person anymore. And that was like a thing where I'm like, damn, I've exhausted everyone in my life at this point because of this so what i did was i uh, i moved back with my parents this is like a year and a half after my dad had that conversation moved back with my parents and just stayed with them until and didn't go out and didn't see anybody for like a, maybe like five months and didn't drink or do drugs obviously and was working out instead it's like okay I'll just- uh-huh. I mean, it's much, I'm making it sound much easier than it is, but that's what, that's what happened. That was when I was like, I have to figure out something else out because I'm literally living like, like I'm like addicted to, to drugs and alcohol. Like this is like real. It's like two years of my life every single day. You yeah. Know? And, and that, and another point where I was like, I was at a party and, and I remember taking pills from somebody and I didn't know what the pills were or what they did. And I didn't know the person. And I just did, I just like, yeah, let's eat these. Like, I'm not thinking. So there's those moments there where I was like, oh, I should probably figure things out and take care of myself. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. So you started like working out and shifting your focus and energy to that. But like, was there anything else or like, did you read anything or listen to any podcasts or talk to anybody? Like, was there anything you remember learning or hearing that was like a light bulb moment or, you know, causing more of a positive shift for you? Uh, I mean, I was playing music that whole time too, but by myself. So like writing songs and then through that, I'm just such a nerd. I like look people up and read about them and, what they say and stuff. And I remember reading about Towns Van Zamp, who I adore. And I remember being like, damn, because I found out how he died, which was alcohol withdrawal, heart attack from alcohol withdrawal. Oh, I thought it was drugs. He was, he was uh, kicking alcohol and he had a heart attack 
because his body needed it. And he's, that's it, he died. And it's like, seeing that was like, okay, that's horrible. It could totally be me if I was doing anything about this. And then um, my dad is a drug and alcohol counselor now. So I have that at home. Like, I don't live with my parents anymore, but I, it was right in front of me, like the resources to be able to get through something like that. My other thing was like anything but being religious. I don't want to like be a guy that's like religious now because that shit is like replacing one thing with another in a very weird way. I just, it's weird, but um, yeah, that's it. Honestly, I'm playing music and, and being a dork about it. That was like the yeah. biggest thing. And, and my dad is really smart, you know? He's like old school though, very tough very like uh he'll shame you out of whatever you're going through which is how i handle myself i'll shame myself you know I, like i said i call myself a crybaby right but that's it honestly there's not i i pod, podcast no offense i'm not a podcast person me I'm neither not, okay good i don't like podcasts i, like, I don't either I the fact podcasts. The fact I have one could not be more ironic. I don't, there's like a couple that I'll tune into once in a while, but I'm not, I don't like podcasts. Yeah, I, I started to hate them with like the Joe Rogany sort of fucking like pontification about shit that they don't know anything about. I didn't really like that. And I don't need to hear people talk about, they're just sitting in a room talking. Like, I want to hear a point to it. You know? Yeah. And that's what I wanted with this one. It was like, I don't want mindless banter. I want to like cut to the chase and like make this like usable, practical kind of stuff, sharing experiences that can resonate with someone that hopefully they get something out of in like a condensed format. Yeah. So I've, I hope this episode does that. Oh, it will. Here's an advert in less than 50 seconds. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Do you want to feel better in your mind and body? Then check out the wellness coaching that I offer. It's kind of like therapy. You can share what's on your mind and then it's all about taking action. You'll learn new tools to help you heal and grow through what's tripping you up. We can focus on anything from physical health to mental health. Schedule a free 15 minute consult over on the website to learn more. And check out our healthy touring course. This self-guided online video course is for any level of musician. Whether you tour all the time or only sometimes, you'll learn a ton if your goal is to play better, feel better, and be better. With special appearances by members of Descendants, Teenage Bottle Rocket, The Last Gang, Lawrence Arms, and more. Head over to the website for all the details. Now, back to the interview. So is there, what's like one thing that you've gotten from your dad that's been really imperative for you or has really shaped you? I think his experiences as like learning more about how he grew up taught me how to like appreciate what I have because he, he's first generation, like Afro-Latino, you know? And it's like, he's, he's very, uh, I mean, they grew up with no, nothing you know, and he, he's seen a lot of really horrible shit. I mean, cause he was an, a gang member in the nineties, which is like the craziest time to be a gang member ever. And people were just killing each other for nothing. So there's a lot of wisdom that comes with that. You hear a lot of things like, 
you hear a lot of like life lessons from that stuff. But I think the main thing from him was to find what you're good at and just just focus on that thing and just just what it could be whatever it could be anything you know just be just if you care about something you'll get good at it and then focus on that so yeah he's good at helping people out of things so he's a he's he's good at shaming people out of their situation which i think you should shame addicts dude you should tell them to like, dude, you, this is not a cool thing you're doing. Yeah. So, and I think he's good at that, but, um, I think he taught me that find what you're good at and stick to it and don't let things cloud your vision for what that is, which yeah. I that early on, but now I'm not, now I kind of have a grip on things. I do like drinking sometimes, but I'm not passed out at a train station somewhere. Right. That's good. Progress. How do you, <laughs> how do you, um, how do you deal with regret? Um, uh, I think about like things that I regret all the time. I all the time. And I realize that everybody probably does like you, things remind you of times that you did something you aren't proud of like all the time. It's, I take it as like, when I think about things I, I regret, I take it as part of the narrative of, I think about dying all the time, just constant, just as a, a thing I'm always contemplating, always. So, But really quick, thing, does, that, does that make you appreciate your life more or do you just get sucked into that spiral of really just thinking about death? That makes me appreciate, I don't get, I don't ever really get sucked into a spiral. Um, I think I used to, but now I'm more so like, well, that makes me think of regret in a way where it's like, this is all part of that. I'm supposed to have moments that I'm really proud of. And I'm supposed to have moments that I regret too. It just shapes you. So there's things I've done in my life that I regret for sure. And I wish I did them differently. Both small, like the show I told you about and big things, you know, where, where I'm like, I wish I was still close to this person or, whatever but there's never been anything so big that i'm like i can't see myself the same way like i never lose sight of myself through regret and i think that's what's kept me kind of afloat in that way like i said i just think it's part of the part of the narrative of, of your life you, you're you're gonna regret something I, I i just take it as like oh that's just how it is you know yeah. you're gonna regret it just try to do things you don't regret now and you're probably still going to. So I, I, you're kind of helpless in that. So you just have to, I mean, all we can do is make the best decision in the moment with the knowledge and tools you have. And then like later on down the road, yeah, you're going to be smarter. So of course you would have done something differently, but like in the moment it was your best. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, you know, at that time I didn't know any better. So now I do. So that's what it's all about. Like yeah. I just, it's just, you know, there's people that I've wronged that I'm like, all right, like I always end up saying sorry. So that's good. That's as much as you can do. Yeah. Also, I think that, um, cause I don't really like buy into the whole regret thing just because I think every experience has such like purpose 
to like, I don't know, but I, so I, I asked this question in some form or another, like a lot on the podcast and very few people <laughs> like think how I think about it. But, um, the other thing with it though, is you don't know what the other person needed to learn on their journey, like on their path. So exactly. like you might've done something that was like super fucked up, but and regret it, you know, like you hurt them or whatever, but like, you don't actually know how they needed to utilize that lesson. So True. like, it's sort of like all divine, you know what I mean? It's out of our reach. It's just like, your things happen, people do things. You're never gonna truly understand why people do the things they do. So, and why you do, the only thing you can do is try to figure out why you did what you did or whatever and move on. And yeah. if people forgive you, forgive you but I don't look for people's forgiveness anymore either about things I was really selfish when I was younger where I was like I would say sorry but I was just looking for somebody to be like it's okay but I wasn't actually sorry like if I really dig deep in that like I wasn't really sorry I just wanted them to not hate me and now I'm like no I'm actually sorry and however you feel is on that's on you you know, just like it's on me to feel regretful forever. Or so, it's on you to like make amends with just like the situation and yourself as you were present in the situation, you know, like just yeah. like right your own wrongs and that's all you can do. Yeah. And that's another thing like I got from my dad. He's fucking, he's done horrible things. He's fine. He's happy. He's watching like boxing and enjoying it, drinking with my mom. And, you know, they have another kid and like they're, they're doing fine. Now, I mean, he, he has PTSD from things that he did, and so do I. And it's like, yeah, like I said, it's I, I, I just process it for myself, like how I regret things and why, and then move on, and that's it. Yeah, good. Keep moving forward. Um, how do you navigate bad news? Oh, like. It kind of goes back to the AJ thing where it's like, oh, really? Oh, that sucks. Well, how do we fix it now? We can't? Oh, okay, let's move on then. It depends on how bad the news is. I think the worst news I've gotten in a long time, my uncle passed away last year. And it was like, my sister told me, and me and my sister never have serious conversations. So when she called me, I'm not expecting any bad news. I'm not expecting any seriousness. She usually will call me and be like, what's up, dick? You know, and we just talk about the cure or something, you know, uh -huh. she gave me that bad, bad news and it was really crazy to hear her crying. I think I process really bad news like that, like somebody passing away. Uh, there's always a delay. I go, holy shit, that's crazy. And then like a week later, I then I, you know, freak out a little bit. But yeah. Just for a brief moment, because you have to process something. And then you, I get to the acceptance point first, come back and then go down. And then I'm, I get the, to the acceptance point again, really quick too. I don't know why I'm like speed racing through life. It feels like sometimes I feel like I'm racing through it, but I think it's because I don't want to to spend any more time doing things that that make me sad I, like so bad news so i just handle it as quick as i can and also like 
I was with a girl when I was 18, uh, from 16 to 22. And her dad died. And there was like this thing where we got the news that he passed away. He had been in chemotherapy for a long time. And then he passed away. There was like this thing that I, me, her brother and her sister's husband, we just kind of snapped into mode. Like, hey, these people need us right now. So we can't be sad. We can be sad, but we have to be kind of tough right now. And that was like a really profound thing I understood where it's like, you kind of have to be, you can be sad when bad news happens. You can be hurt or whatever you feel. But there's there's other people that probably are affected by this too. And you got to be there for them too. Yeah. So I think I took from that moment to just like be calm. Just be calm. Remain calm through bad news. Yeah. Horrible things happen. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's like, and that's good. Staying like functional and like being like proactive with things in moments like that. But then it's like a slippery slope because then you can just like completely like suppress your feelings and never process them because you're just busy just staying on the surface functioning for everybody yeah. else. But I'm, I, I, if, if I'm like feeling the bad news alone, I can get real like deep into that sadness or something. When I think bad news, I think people dying because now like a bunch a bunch of my friends are just dying now and it's like it's kind of fucked up. You're not used to that when you're twenty one. Everyone's yeah. gonna be alive forever when you're twenty one. And when you're I'm thirty now, so I'm like, Oh, people die. Holy fuck. So I just when I'm alone I, I I'll cry about it. In front of other people. I'm like, damn, that's crazy, huh? And then move on. Yeah. So, damn, so is like songwriting and stuff a good um does is that like a cathartic way to like process for you or what? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Honestly, like I was thinking about this the other day because this new band, it feels very sonically driven. Like I care more about how it sounds rather than if I'm expressing something. Obviously lyrically I'm getting something off. But like in the I care more about how it sounds than anything. So maybe I'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of where I was drawing from that moment or that thing that happened. But it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm more attracted to sound than my first, my solo record. I was like, all of these songs mean something. They matter to me. But then I realized when they came out, like, nobody cares. They care about if it matters to them, you know? So... I kind of I kind of distanced myself from trying to write really deep emotional music for to get something out of me because I'll get wrapped up in that and won't care about how it sounds. So that was so like one or the other for you. A bit. I'm too black and white about shit. <laughs> I'm like everything's black and white all the time. Um, it is who you are. Own it, whatever. Yeah. It's too late to change. <laughs> <laughs> not um how do you balance your stress levels on like the day-to-day -day? um i smoke cigarettes a lot of them <laughs> uh honestly just like if i'm in a in the in the middle of a like i work every day i work at a coffee shop which is not a hard place to work at but i work all the time and that's stressful 
if I'm in a stressful situation or whatever, I day to day, I'm probably in at least two stressful situations. That's a lot, right? Like that's a lot of. I mean, yeah, that compounds pretty quick. Your cortisol's just yeah. constantly switched on. That's I think that's helped me be like to simplify it. Whatever it is, just be like, this sucks, but it'll be over. And then when it's over, I'm like, that sucks. But this doesn't, I'm petting my cat, you know, or watching a movie or something. Yeah. Like, so being connected to the present moment. Yeah, exactly. Just being connected to that. That's the best way for me to do it. I think. That's good. Yeah. So uh, what kind of food do you eat? What is, uh, do you like to eat a lot of fast food or do you like to eat a lot of like home cooked food? I cook every day, twice a day. I try not to eat fast food ever, but when I do, it's great. <laughs> I try not to. I try to, I try to, um, if I'm going to eat somewhere out, I want to go to, go to a restaurant and have dinner there and spend a lot of money on this experience rather than go to McDonald's. Sister, I don't, McDonald's is great. McDonald's is good fantastic. coffee, huh? Yeah, you know. <laughs> they're pretty good coffee. The drip coffee at McDonald's is 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 great. But no, I, I cook every day and I try to make sure I'm not eating like cookies and shit. I'm trying to make sure I eat good protein, good vegetables, and very low carb all the time. But I slip. I slip up sometimes. That's okay. It's life. We need some. See, this is where it's okay for you to have a gray area. Yeah. You got to. Otherwise, yeah. I'd go fucking nuts. Like, I was joking with my boss about it. She always asked me every day. She goes, did you eat? Like, when I get to work, she goes, did you eat? And I go, yeah. And she's like, what'd you eat? I'm like, the same thing I ate yesterday. And she's like, it's like you're in prison. Why do you eat the same thing all the time? And I'm like, because I'm trying to maintain myself. Routines are the best way for me to function. Staying on my routine. If I, like the other night I went out and got really drunk. And then the next day I couldn't work out. I didn't work out that day either because I was like, oh, I'm going to work out tomorrow. It's fine. And I got really drunk. And I'm like, I can't work out today now. And it threw me off. And I just felt like shit. Like, not just hangover but like my routine is gone it's kind of fucked up um that's normal but i don't want to be so high strung that i can't enjoy myself yeah so try i try to uh try to keep to a routine with food but it doesn't always work when did you make the correlation because not everybody does or you know at some point they haven't yet the correlation between what you're eating and how you're feeling physically and or mentally like when did you realize I was, I was a teenager and I realized that like all right I was a teenager and I was super into Fugazi I loved them and I was like oh these guys are vegan are they vegan or vegetarian? I'm like, what's the difference? And I started to figure out like 
that's why I started learning about this. I'm like, oh, there's people that don't ever eat meat. There's people that don't even eat stuff that ha that is meat adjacent. There's stuff like then I started to figure out the reasons why it was like political and it was you know it's different. But I I think I realized like oh whenever I consume a lot of bread I feel like total shit. When I eat a lot of meat I feel like a slob like I just feel like shit. When I eat a lot of vegetables, I feel kind of okay, but I feel like I didn't really eat enough. So I started to realize like balancing myself out is important. When I was like 18, like around there. Yeah, really young. Yeah. But that's back when you can eat whatever you want anyway and still be relatively healthy, you know? So now I can't do that. But it was around there and then you fall off and fall back on but earlier this year i was dating a girl from the south I, I told you about this already we were talking the other day i told you this and she loved kfc a lot which i hadn't been in years so if she's eating kfc i have to eat kfc too kind of because we're together so we're, we're together every day and i had it and i'm like i feel like complete garbage right now and this wasn't that great this wasn't that good it wasn't very good so but she was working out all the time. I was not, I just didn't really, I just fell off from it. And then when me and her broke up, I was like, I should probably start taking care of myself. Cause I remember that made me happy to keep myself on, a, on track. I just remembered from when I was a teenager when I was young, you know, like 20 years old or whatever. And yeah. then now I'm, just, I'm back in it. It's been like, what is it, September now? five to six months I'm like rigorously taking care of myself so yeah that's good yeah that's like a thing that's like an exercise for people to do it's like when you start to feel just like off off in life just stop and like think about when did you feel good what were you doing then you know what were you eating were you exercising what were you you know what was your day-to-day -day? and then look at what it is now and what's lacking yeah Exactly. So just putting two and two together helped me a lot. And I didn't go all the way. Like I tried to quit smoking for a while, but only, but I realized like I tried to quit smoking for other people, like people telling me I should stop. And I was like, do I really want to stop? I only want to stop because this hot girl was like, that's gross that you smoke, you know? But in reality, I just wanted their approval and I don't actually fucking care like about anyone's approval. So I had to sit down with myself about that. Do I want to quit smoking? And I was like, I do maybe someday. And then I saw a David Lynch thing where he said, he's like 70 something years old. And he was like, they asked him why he still smokes. And he goes, cause I like it. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. So what the fuck? I'm not yeah. trying to be like, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I, I take care of myself in this place and then I'm a little naughty over here. So, <laughs> you know. But that's it though. I mean, like you can't like, just like you can't force any changes unless you actually want to do the damn thing and owning like where you stand with it. It is what it is, you know? I agree. Yeah. Is it louder when I do that? No, sounds the same.
Oh, you know why? I think the mic is from the computer. That's why. <laughs> Wait, so is that one not even working? Matter. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this thing is this is real. <laughs> what in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> prop. Nice prop. Yeah, I fooled you. I thought it was on because I did a podcast before and uh, I used the mic and it was funny. I, they didn't mix the audio really well. So you can just hear me like, you know, thank you or whatever, like super loud. Mic, but I used, it was working. I think I just clicked the wrong button or something. Like, well, I'm going to I'm going to trust that it was all meant to be because I can't really um, edit much with vocal stuff when I yeah. do my um, podcast stuff. So. Good. This is good. Um, <laughs> have any healthy changes that you've like implemented improved your creativity? Yeah, I think I, it really has. So the thing about consistently working out for me and recording and making food at home, it's like it's become a daily structure where mm -hmm. I wake up at like 630 in the morning. I get coffee and come back, shower, hit the, 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 the rowing machine and go for a run, come back, shower again, make breakfast, eat breakfast, sit here and record until it's time to go to work. It's like that almost every day. So it's helped, like being mindful of my body has helped me create structure around recording. It's just how every day goes and it's, and it's made me happy. I like it. So having that structure in place has made me more focused too, because by the time I'm done with breakfast that I've made, this healthy breakfast I've made, I come here, I'm like, I've only got two hours. And then when I have to go, I got to go. So I leave, go to work, come back home, maybe record a little bit, go to sleep, and then do the same shit again. So it's provided structure for me. There's a window that I can record in, and that's it. What yeah. happens if like you sit down and like you're not feeling it or like you just don't feel inspired or creative? You just do it anyways or what? Yeah, you mm -hmm. never know what you'll fall back on you, or you you never know what you'll find when you're recording something. If I, I'll play guitar and record for two hours and be like, this sucks. Whatever I did, um, I don't like this because it feels uninspired. And then a few days will pass and I'll be like, oh, that was actually pretty cool. Whatever that was or the opposite. I'll be like, I'm so in the moment right now. So stoked. This sounds so good. And then a few days pass. I'm like, oh, that sucked. <laughs> that was. So, yeah, I kind of forced my output. Yeah. You know, that's kind of that song, Accelerated Living. That's, there's like 30 guitar tracks on it. It's definitely, it's like a wall of guitar. And I'm playing all of them because I didn't know when to stop recording. I just would sit here and just record guitar and do the same guitar over and over and over again, and then record and, and double those. And then like, and it just became this thing where it's like a wall of guitars. Cause that's what I wanted it to sound like, but there's so many tracks on it. That song took months to do because of how many different guitar tracks I did because of that structure. And it sounds great. I love the way that song sounds. It's like like a German nightclub sketchy place. And it's great and I love it, I'm stoked about it. But 
without that structure, I don't think I would have been able to do something that I'm proud of like that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think being mindful of my body and what I'm eating and how I'm treating myself has helped me, you know, uh, create structure around recording for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Who uh, who inspires you? Who inspires me? What do you mean? I take it as you want. It's a very vague question. There's no rules with it. I think like uh, every day, this is going to sound really nerdy. There's a picture. There was two pictures. There was a picture of Bob Dylan up here. I think it fell behind the piano. Oh, no. Normally there. Uh, and there's another one by my AC unit. There's like two pictures of Bob Dylan staring at me every day when I'm in bed and when I'm over here. So there's it's just a mirror Dylan. Uh-huh. I haven't listened to his music in like years. But he's my favorite of anyone ever, no matter what. No matter what I say. Because every I say everything's my favorite. But... No matter what I say, that's my actual favorite. He's like a he's like a deity or something. Okay. Because my favorite people are like, oh, the people will say that they suck because they don't understand it. I'm like, no, you just don't get it. Like, you suck. This doesn't suck. Dylan doesn't suck. Um, he inspires me a lot just on his on his energy alone. But that's like a famous person that inspires me. Uh, but my friend Dakota, she's coming over later to, we're making a record together. Mm -hmm. She inspires me in like this weird, like sister way where it's like, like big, I called her, it's like my big sister. If I had one, she inspires me like that so much. She's just, she doesn't take music very seriously. She takes her songs seriously, but not like this scope of like, oh, we have to put this out and like, we have to promote it. We have to. You know, she's very anti-LA culture with the music, and it's it's only about the songs. Yeah, so I like, and that inspires me a lot too. That's not good. Too people, not too many people inspire me. I think just yeah, Dakota and Bob Dylan are my two inspirations. <laughs> so she cares more about just like making good music, yes. and then it lands how it lands. That's yeah. She's and that's like the best outlook anyways for anything creative. Yeah, you have to care about what you're making. You don't you can't care about how it's going to be perceived. You just cuz you don't know. Yeah. Like, you just don't know how people are going to take anything. And you just have to assume that the people listening probably don't make anything. Cuz I don't listen to other people's records that often. I listen to like like pe meaning like people I know. I just support them because they're my friends. But I'm not like, this is the best record. And it's like, it's Dakota's album. Like, I believe in her music, you know. But I don't think her, like, I'm not going to compare her shit to, like, fucking The Velvet Underground. Or, like, because that's how my brain works. Like, I, I want to hear the best thing possible, you know. But I support my friends, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't even know what I was getting at. And also, I'm more inspired by movies, you know. <laughs> movies inspire me more than people do. How so? Yeah, because imagery is really important to sound, and sound is really important to imagery. Sometimes, like, 
in movies, if, it, if, if there's no music happening or there's no sound in the scene, it can make the scene better. And if there is, a, sometimes songs, most of the time songs make the scenes better. It's just how it is. So like, I think when I watch a movie, it'll take me out of the conventions of music and it'll put me into whatever space that it's just a different medium. So it's inspiring me indirectly. You know? Do you ever um, like think of your life or like if you're in a moment, like presently in a moment, do you like hear a song in your head? Like if it was like your life was a movie and like what soundtrack would be playing? Oh, for sure. But I always have headphones on. So it goes that way anyway. So you're literally doing that. <laughs> that's great. I think that's what made me want to make music too, was attaching real life moments to songs and that'll make me cry, you know, like that thought. Cause there's so many things that I think about that like times in my life that I have to have whatever was playing. Like there's this, uh, what is it? Lou Reed's uh, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. It's like one of the best songs ever, forever, ever, you know? That song reminds me so distinctly of, of, of a singular person that I'm like, and they know that too, that it's like, you, that's important, man. That's so important. And like, that's just how my life works, I guess. I, just, I can't help it. I think most people are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sound is definitely like a very strong, like memory, sensory kind of thing. Yeah. All right. This is a very fun question. Uh, if you had to have like, your own like self-care day you know like marco's <laughs> day of like awesomeness what would you do your routine or would you stray from it so like it, it would just have to be a thing where it's the i get to do what i want day yeah so it's like birthday basically sure if you celebrate your birthday like that yes I think it would be my routine, but it would be like half of it. Like I would, well, no, it would be my routine. And then it would be like, yeah, honestly, I'm so boring, man. Yeah, <laughs> it'd just be the same thing. Because there's times I just want to fucking be home and not do anything. I don't like the beach. I don't like the beach. I don't like, no, I would, would go, to go like, Would you go what? camping or something? Yeah, camping. I would go fishing. How about that? I love fishing. Perfect. Go fishing. And then I'd go to the Norton Simon Museum. I love the Norton Simon Museum. It's a What's it's that? a modern art museum in Pasadena. It's like they've got dope shit. But it's not like a place that people go to because it's not architecturally incredible. It's just they they've got like a fucking Van Gogh painting in there though. And they've got a Rodin fucking sculpture it's like th there's dope shit in there there's real art in there but the kids don't go because it's not the getty where you get to be on a cute train it's, yeah all the more reason to go then because they're not there yeah i hate people so <laughs> i'll go alone perfect so is there a quote that you like a lot let me pull it up i have it right here yes there is Let's hear it. We talked about him in the beginning. This town's Van Zandt. Coming full circle, I love it. it. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. He said, 
I don't envision a very long life for myself. That's great. First of all, it's crazy already. He said, I think my life will run out before my work does because I've designed it that way. There's so much there because of how he died. Yeah. He said, I think his life will run out before his work does. Like he, he knows that what you leave behind is more important almost. And he lived a long time. I mean, he didn't die at like 27, like on you know, the classic rock star thing. It's, he, he lived up for a while. His songs are really meaningful to me. And I, I mean, he, I believe he died before I was born, I think. The point is I never got to meet the guy. And I never will, he's dead. So it's kind of uh, the fact that people's, what you leave behind as an artist, it resonates with people after you're dead. It could, if you really try to create something timeless inspires me a lot because like i said i'm always i'm zooming through life for some reason so when i know that when i'm dead whatever i created would stick around somehow so people hopefully would be listening to it later and that's my goal you know but i'm also trying to live a long time so i don't know it's a dark yeah. quote but it's real as hell it's like when you make stuff, hopefully you're making it to last. Because it's not you. It's an extension of you. It's like having a baby. So, you know, when you die, your baby's going to still be here. It's the same thing with art. So. I think like, but it's like you can't create it with the goal being like, because it's sort of like, I want this to be a hit sort of a thing. You just, you have to just create. That's all you can do is just put all of yourself into the thing. Yeah. You, that's it but if you do that if you really do put all of yourself into it that's a that's a good quote how about this i have a better quote and it's from somebody i know it's from aj and i i love this when i first moved in with him i was like Dude, i don't have time to work and be with my girlfriend and make music at the same time this is 2018 and he goes well do you want to be a musician or or do you want to do that he's like you have to pick one of those and i he's like like giving you me an ultimatum of like you have to pick one is yeah i know and now i i think i figure i totally understand, understand what he means it's not something you do on the side it's that's who you are or you just shouldn't be doing this so now i figured it out you know but at the time, not knowing, it's like, dude, it's right in front of your face. You're a musician. I've been playing music since I was like 13, uh, 17 years. That's who I am. So that I have to remain dedicated to that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the foundation of your life. Everything else just puzzle pieces, but that's the base. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the um, tagline, for my business because I do the podcast, but then I also sell supplements and do wellness coaching and things like that is uh, delay dying. So I like to ask everybody if you had to give someone tips or advice on how to delay dying or in other words, live happier and healthier, what would you say? I would say to listen to 
to, to try and connect your mind and your body together. Make sure they're always connected through whatever means helps you make them be connected. And once you're there, do what your body's telling you you should do for it. You know, and that's it. That's huge. That's like spectacular advice. I almost sounded smart there for a second. Yeah. You fooled everybody. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> um, so do you have anything cool coming up, coming out, anything you want people to do or listen to? Magnolia, my new band. Two songs are out right now. That They're I so good. Oh, thank you. I wrote them. So I appreciate it. Um, we're doing a, we're going to have more songs that we have a full record that we're trying to figure out how to put it out so that people don't just skip over it. Um, but we're doing a music video for a song that isn't out yet. And then we're playing at Zebulon uh, December 22nd. Far out. With The Intelligence. Fantastic band. One of my favorite bands. Really? Yeah, for sure. They're fucking rad. They're the weirdest Another band. Another favorite. Ever. Another favorite. The Beatles are my favorite, too. The Beatles, The Intelligence, and Bob Dylan. Uh, that's it, yeah. That's what we're doing. Cool. cool. Thanks for making time and hanging out with a fake microphone and uh, sharing you know, your thoughts. And I like how mindful you are and the awareness you have and the connection that you do have with like mind and body. Uh, I think that's awesome. And more people need to develop that. So hopefully this inspires them to do so. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to listen to me, you know, listen to your, your body, like I said. Yeah good I wonder if this works. should we do that should we do the podcast again Let's yeah see if, this... see if that works hey hey sounds the same oh because it's not on yeah because you still have to do some setting on the computer probably i know yeah does this work yeah on. now it's like booming i hear it 